if, if you didn't notice, if you weren't paying attention during the announcements 10 seconds ago, we do have a new logo. Uh, and we are going to talk about that logo just a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not up here wearing my new, well, new logo t-shirt just, just to look good and just to tell, sell t-shirts, you know. There's, well, thank you <laughs> for that. Um, you know, I probably used to wear this better, but this is, all, this is the best I got now. <laughs> this, this, is all, this is as good as it gets. Um, but we do have, you know, a vision and a direction and, and a focus, and there are reasons we designed the logo the way we did, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit tonight. Uh, before we do that, since we're not in a specific passage, we're going to be all over the place, because uh, I am, normally, and uh, we're going to be all over the place in the scripture, and before we do that, let's just go ahead and, and go to the, word, the, to the Lord in prayer and uh, just ask him to, to guide us tonight. Lord, I thank you so much for everybody in here. Uh, it is an absolute privilege of mine to, to get up each week and, and declare your words to this group. Uh, first of all, because I know they love you. Uh, also because, obviously, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, to gather together around you and your word, uh, lift your name on high and praise and uh, proclaim your words. And so I just, uh, I'm privileged to do this. Um, I'm asking for myself, for all of us, that uh, you would move in our hearts tonight to help us to understand who we are exactly in you, uh, what our purpose is here, and, and why, why you have left us here to, uh, to reach others. And, and just pray that you would help us, to each, each one of us, to get personal ownership of this mission. Uh, we love you so much. Uh, I love everybody here. I'm so thankful. And, and we just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So again, you know, it's, it's important to me that you know, you know, that, you know, we didn't just, you know, come up with a cool logo and it just randomly happened. You know, we put some thought and some effort and a lot of time and, and way, probably way too much <laughs> discussion between Jenny and I for sure. Not that I don't like talking to my wife, but <laughs> specifically about the logo, we were both just like, okay, are we ready to move on? Oh, I don't know. It's so permanent. I, I don't know. I don't want to change it. You know, just like, there was a lot of effort. There was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of intention that, that went into it. So, you know, I thought, man, it's important that, that we all understand what it is, what, what it means. Um, and so, first of all, the, the name, the well, was something that I inherited, that, that many of you inherited as you came in here. It was already called that. Back in my day, we called this fancy organization Singles. <laughs> and it was catchy, and we came. It was pretty awesome, because I knew. There's singles in there. I want to hang with them, because I don't want to always be single. I don't know. Uh, but that was all the more creative we could be back in the day. And, and some, somewhere along the line, you know, Pastor Craig was in, in the lead of it. I think you guys were there for that inception and, and they, they named it the well, and uh, it had a vision and a direction, all of that stuff. So I kind of inherited it. It was already called the well. So I didn't have necessarily a, you know, a launch pad kind of vision for it. And honestly, it's taken a little bit of time for me to, to feel ownership of my role in here. And, you know, certainly fell in love with you guys instantly. That's not a problem. It was just like, who are we? What is our identity? What are we supposed to do? How do I communicate that with you guys when... I'm not necessarily sure. You know, we went through a transition time or a potential transition time where we were thinking, we should probably change the name because I don't necessarily know why we're called the well. Well, we're going to talk about that first. So first of all, we are the well. What does that mean? What is a well? Well, we put water in it, right? 
Why are we called that? What is, what is the significance of, of a well? And I'm glad, again, that you're asking good questions because we're gonna talk about those very things. <laughs> you guys are really good at the questions, so I'm gonna try to answer them. And the first point is, the significance of a well is what's inside of it. Pretty obvious. The significance of a well is what is on the inside. And, and that's why we've titled the message tonight, What's in the Well? All right, so does anybody remember from our study in the life of Joseph, when we first started and Joseph was thrown into a pit? You remember what, what I kind of gave you the answer. You remember what God calls a well with no water? A pit, I, I gave you the answer. He calls it a pit. Do you remember the, the several different things that a pit is used for in, in Scripture? Some instances it's used for a trap, like for Joseph. Other instances it's a grave. And, and sometimes it, it refers to hell itself, right? So we want something valuable in our well so that we're not gathering at the pit, right? <laughs> we're not Claymont wrestling. I'm not dogging on that. I'm just saying we're not the pit, right? We're the well. And so what is in the well, if there's nothing valuable in it, it's, it's just a hole in the ground, right? And so if we're talking about what Jesus was talking about when he met a woman at the well in John chapter 4, we're talking about living water, the most important commodity ever, right, that could be in a well. Letter A is living water. Let's look at John chapter 4, verses 16, or 6 through 14. It says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest, me, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Right? The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water in Jacob's well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That absolutely is what we should have to offer here in this well. We should have the living water of Jesus Christ to offer to anyone that comes. Right? Christ was referring to salvation through himself. You accept the payment of your sins that Jesus made on the cross, and you will have everlasting life. You will have a well of water from within. Right? You, you won't ever have to thirst for Christ anymore because you'll have him. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2 says, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Did you know that we have been created? There is a desire in there somewhere to know our creator. There is a desire built in that we want to know the Lord. Now, there's all kinds of other desires that get in the way, aren't there? 
There's all kinds of other things that come along and, and keep us from that, but we've been built to desire this relationship. And we have it. We have the answer. We have the living water. Psalm chapter one talks about another use for this living water. Another thing that water provides is nutrition. It provides growth, health, and reproduction. Any living organism that is healthy you know, has the purpose of reproduction. Psalm chapter one, verses one through three says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seed of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of God. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and bring, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I think we all know this. Where do we get the living water from? It's from the word of God, right? We, we know who Jesus Christ, the word, is from the word of God, from the Bible. We know about this living water that he has to offer from the words that he shared, right? From, from the Bible. That's the only way we know it. And when he says, when we fall in love with the word of God, he says, we are planted right by the rivers of water. And we will be fruitful and we will be healthy and we will bear that fruit in, in the proper season. Our leaf won't wither. Whatsoever we do will prosper. What an awesome promise that is. Book of Proverbs talks about us being a well for others, ourselves. Proverbs 10, verse 11 says, The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. So we can be a well of life. How do we do that? By sharing the words of life, right? What, what is it that comes out of a righteous man's mouth? Righteous words, right? The word of God. That's how we are to give life to others. That's how we can be a well of life. Proverbs 20, verse five says, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We can bring counsel from the word of God and be refreshing life givers because of what we have to offer here. Right, we have living water and, and letter B, we also have washing water, right? That's, that's another purpose for it. It's water that we use for washing. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify or set them apart and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word of God not only leads us to life, it, it cleans us off when we get dirty from life. John 13.5, this is an awesome passage where Christ is giving us one of you know, these incredible examples of humility as the God, the Son of God of the universe is washing the feet of his disciples. It says, after that he poureth into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So he's, he's showing us what humility looks like, where, where the, the king of all kings is on his knees washing dirty feet. But don't miss the connection to the word, right? John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, capital W, the word was with God, the word was God, it's Christ, right? John chapter one, verse 14 says, the word dwelt among us, he was in the flesh. He became flesh and dwelt among us. Capital W word is on his knees, washing away the filth of the world off of their feet. Don't miss the connection that the word of God washes you clean when you get dirty walking around in this world. 
The word of God is what's going to cleanse that mess off of you each time you need it. Right? The word of God, Jesus Christ, was washing those men's feet because they'd gotten dirty from walking around. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 1 Corinthians 6.11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Right? Man, we need, we need a bath every once in a while, don't we? More frequently than every once in a while. But, we, I mean, how often do you hear things in this world, in your jobs and at school, how, how often do you hear things that go against what God says? Right? We're told to take every thought into captivity that exalts itself against what? Against the knowledge of God. What we know to be true because of what God tells us. This world is going to try to fill your life and your head with the filth and lies that it has, right? The only way to wash that away is to get back into the word and, and wash yourself clean. So we've determined we're going to be all about the word of God here. That's, that's what our church is about. That's what the well is about. That's what we ought to be about as Christians, right? We're going to have the water here. We're going to have the water of the word of God. We're going to have that living water to offer through the gospel. It's what's inside the well that makes it significant, right? It's also what's inside of you that makes you significant, that, that makes you matter. And in point two on your sheet, I have the significance of an individual is his or her impact on others. The significance of an individual is his or her impact on others. And so we've got the water droplet because we're going to be all about what's in the well. We're not just, just the well. We, we've got the living water and, and we've got the ripples underneath the water droplet because we want to impact those around us. We want a ripple effect from the lives we live to touch everybody else in our circle of influence. We want them to notice that we're different. We want them to know that we depend on the Lord for everything. We want them to know that we believe every word that he says. So what is it in your life that makes you significant? It's relationships, isn't it? Right? It's, it's the people you know, the people you're close to, the people you stay away from, the Lord, you know, your relationships with others, it affects the decisions you make, the, the, the effect that I have on others, the, the effect that others have on me, that's what motivates me to do what I do. The effect the Lord has on me is what motivates me to do what I do. My relationship with him. This could be a positive or a negative thing, right? The significance of an individual is the impact they have on others. The, the Bible tells us all about the sins of the fathers that, that ripple effect out to generation after generation. That's a negative example. It happens though, doesn't it? And it is significant. It's very important. So what's, what's the point? Letter A, it's gonna say individuals on the screen, but I want you to fill in your name. God wants to use individuals to impact others. He wants to use me, Matt Brocker. He wants to use Alex Matthews. He wants to use my man Vinny, right? He wants to use you individually 
and us corporately as a body, as the church, to impact others around us. We've seen this in recent weeks, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. This is an awesome passage. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Right? Why are we still here? <laughs> because we have the living water, and our friends and family don't. Maybe, hopefully, some of them do. But, but you know friends and family and co-workers and stu- you know, co-students, classmates, whatever they're called, you know people who don't know Jesus Christ, who don't have that living water. He says we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. That is our cry. Be reconciled to God. You can be reconciled with God. Without the living water, without Christ, you are not on his side. We've seen that. He didn't save us so we could sit around all washed and clean and smelling good and just enjoying the nice water, right? No, the water's, come on in. The water's fine, right? Come on in and see what the Lord has to offer. He washed us, he nourished us with the intent that we would grow and go share that with somebody else. We, we need to share it with everyone. Ezekiel 33, verse seven, we've been here the last several weeks. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman into the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. God has a warning. He cares enough to let the heathen know, to let us, when we were lost, know, when we were in our Ephesians chapter two state, to let us know, hey man, you're, you're heading the wrong way, buddy. If you don't turn, I can't save you. If you turn, don't turn from your sins and turn to me, I can't help you with what's gonna happen next. All through the Old Testament, God used individuals to deliver his message. We have entire books documenting what God told an individual prophet to say and to do for him. He's doing the same thing today. Right? He's doing through it through us as individuals. He's doing it through us as individuals together as a body of Christ, right? We all have individual functions. He puts us together as, as a, a, a together functioning organism. Acts 14, verse 15, this is a cool passage. It says, and saying, sirs, why do you do these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God. Turn from your vanities, turn to the living God. That sounds familiar. We've been hearing that the last couple of weeks which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. And I look at the book of Acts and I see the apostles and I see these, like I see heroes of the faith, right? The ones that first slugged it out, that went to the death, that were martyrs. He says, God says, we are men of like passions. He's saying those guys are just like us. They're normal people. Well, I don't know if I believe that, God. I mean, that, they, that, they must have had you know, some sort of extra special something, and that's why you chose them. James chapter five says, Elias 
was a man subject to like passions as are we or as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of 3 years and 6 months okay yeah but i mean that was elias i mean right but god said he's just like you and i he's a normal guy that i picked remember Ezekiel's significance. Ezekiel's name was so significant that God called him son of man and nothing else through the whole, the entire book. It was over and over and over. Son of man, I've got something for you to say. He didn't say, hey, Zeke, hey, buddy, hey, son, hey, friend. Son of man, nameless dude, son of some guy, hey, you, I want you to tell the Israelites my message. We look at these guys and ladies as though they're superhuman messengers of God. God says otherwise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31 says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught, or to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, I don't know if you're like me, I read through the book of Acts, and I think those guys are superstars. I read the Old Testament prophets, and I'm like, man, they had something extra special. Lord, I, I just don't know enough. I just don't know that I'll have all the answers. I'm certainly not smart enough. I'm not as smart as fill in the blank. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not an Alan Shelby. I'm not a Brett Bartlett. I'm not a Jeff Bartell. I don't have you know, all the education, I don't have the experience, I don't have, you know what you just admitted? You are perfectly suited for God to use. You fill the resume out perfectly. Well, I'm kind of average or below average, Lord, I probably, well, that's awesome, because I didn't want you getting credit anyway. So you're going to have to turn your excuse, excuse around if you didn't want to do what God said, and you're going to have to say, well, Lord, I'm kind of too smart for that job, I'm going to get credit if, they, if it works out. Lord, I'm really handsome, and so that's probably why it'll, it'll all just work out, right? I'm really smart, and I got a lot of really good friends, and I'm just charismatic, and Lord, you probably don't want me to do it because I'll probably get credit, you know. Are you going to use that excuse with the Lord? Right? I mean, what, what argument do you have? You just obey what he's asking you to do. So do you believe what he says about those men? They are men of like passions. They are the same as us. They're normal people who just happen to believe what God said, enough to go do what he told them to do. Do you believe that Elijah was just some guy? God said he was. Do you believe that Ezekiel was just a son of man? This is the next point. Every bit of the impact that God wants you to make is related to your belief in what he says is true. The impact that we're going to make is tied directly to whether or not you believe his words. You can say you believe his words, 
But if your actions don't match what you say, that doesn't sell much, does it? That doesn't convince anything, anybody of anything. There's an, there's an old song that I used to listen to. I don't even remember who sings it. And it, The point of the song is, you know, I think I can do things my way. You can do things your way. We're all going to end up in the same place in the end because you don't look any different than I do. Now, I don't even know what the actual lyrics are. That's the point of the song. <laughs> I can go my own way and I'll meet you at the end is what the guy says over and over again. I'll go my own way, I'll meet you at the end because you don't look any different than the things that I'm doing. You can tell me there's only one way, but your way looks like my way. If you say you believe it, but you don't act on it, then you don't believe it. Let it be your faith affects how much of an impact you make. It's directly connected. Your faith affects how much of an impact you're going to make. There's a passage of scripture. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 14. The context here is the spies were sent in to the promised land, right? Moses sends in a handful of spies. All of them except for two come back and say, the land is exactly as God promised. The, the land is incredible. Everything is as God promised. There's just one problem. There's giants in there. And, and we're more afraid of the giants than we are of God at this point. Or, or we're more afraid of the giants than we're confident that God can come through on, on what he said. Numbers 14, verses 20 to 24, it says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them be provoked, or that provoked me, see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. So what was it that Joshua and Caleb, who he mentions here, had that others didn't? Were they special? It was just, these are, these are the cool kids. These are the guys that God picked. No. They, they picked 10 or 12 guys. They sent them in, and, and all of them came back afraid, except for these two guys. We see the answer in Hebrews chapter 3. It says, Hebrews, or in uh, chapter 3, verse 16, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved 40 years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The sin, the thing that hacked God off after the tenth time of proving himself to these guys, that he had what it takes to give them exactly what he promised to give them, you know, when they, when they came up to the Red Sea and it was the very first time that they didn't know what to do and the enemy was bearing down on them, do you remember what Moses said? He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They didn't know any better. God wasn't mad. And the second time and the third time and the fourth time, and he gets up to ten times 
to where they've murmured and complained and said we should have died in Egypt. And God says, all right, that's enough. I've proven myself. Your unbelief is going to cause you to die in the wilderness. Man. What, jo- what Joseph, or Joshua and Caleb had that the rest didn't was faith. They believed God's promises. The land is exactly as God promised. Why wouldn't God's other promises be exactly as he said they are? Their fear, the rest of them, their fear was bigger than their faith in God's ability to come through for them as he had promised. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he, that over, or for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And there's some verses that we'd like to skip over sometimes, aren't they? Right? Is God capable of keeping his promises? Or are your problems bigger than those? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. I think this is... This is an awesome passage as well. It says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. So this is Paul writing a letter to the church at Thessalonica. He says, remembering, in verse three, without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope. Did you catch those? We don't have time to dig into that, but that's a Bible study right there. That's awesome. The work of faith, the labor of love, the patience of hope. The work of faith, he's saying you believe it, if you believe it, you'll get to work, right? Faith, if you believe what God said, it's gonna drive you to action. Labor of love, he's saying, love's gonna cost you something. It might hurt. Patience of hope, he's saying, the promise isn't always just around the corner, but it's still a promise. It's still God's promise. The work of faith, the labor of love, the patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you, or unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost of much, in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. So here's, here's what we want to do. We want to sound out the word of the Lord. We want God's voice to, to sound out through our lives. Check it out. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word or toward God is spread abroad. What is it that causes the ripple effect? What is it that carries the word of God beyond you? It says your faith to God word. That's the vehicle that drives the message further. Your faith is the ripple effect. You believing God's word and taking action based upon what he says is what carries that message further. You can say it all day long if you don't believe it and follow it, it means nothing to no one. Nobody cares what you say you believe. But when you start taking steps of faith and action, they say, wow, he actually, he actually believes that stuff. 
she actually lives that stuff that she's talking about. It carries it further. He says, so that we need not speak anything, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and, ye kn- and how ye turned from, or to God from idols to serve the living and true God and wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. He said, look, you know how I know you guys got it? Because the people you shared with got it. And the people they shared with got it. And the people they shared with are walking the walk and talking the talk. It's all ripple effect. Your faith is contagious. You believe the word of God and it went to work in you and everybody else that saw you. They believed it because you believed it. And because you believed it, they saw it happening in your life. They saw the changes God made in you. Check this out. He says you turned from, or to God, I made that mistake the first time, to God from idols. You believe God so much that you turned from your sins and you turned unto the Lord to do two things that nobody wants to do, to serve and to wait. That's a very loud message this day. Who wants to serve anybody but themselves today? Who wants to wait on anything today? Not me. But when you can... Because God made a promise, man, that message has a ripple effect. You believe God so much that you're willing to to serve others. You're willing to wait for what you deserve. By doing that, God's word moves through the hearts and lives of other people. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I share this verse all the time. It is one of my all-time favorite. Do you know what that word effectually means? It, it has its intended effect. God, God has a purpose for his word and his commandments and his direction. He has an intention for what he has said. He has an intention for the things he's asked us to agree with. He has an intention for your life and when you align yourself with what he says and you agree with what he says and you start making decisions based on Bible principles, what happens? It works. It does exactly what God says it's supposed to do and it has a ripple effect. I mentioned this last week, I'll say it again. Sometime when you have time, take a look at Hebrews 11 and note all of the action words connected to the men and women of faith in that passage. Every one of them had faith and God recognized that faith and he rewarded them. How did he know they had faith? Well, he's God and it was tied to action. They believed it so much, they couldn't stand still. Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that we are ambassadors for Christ? Do you believe that we are the ones who have, given, have been given the ministry of reconciliation? What are you going to do with what you say you believe? If you just say you believe it and you do nothing, you don't believe it. 
if we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, we need to get to work. Check out Hebrews 11, 12, and 13. This is after that, you know, some of the list of those all-stars from the, the hall of faith. It says, therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. This is talking about Abraham and, and his many children. Check out that description again. Therefore sprang there even of one, just this one guy, and him as good as dead. You know how many kids you can get out of an old man? The same as you can get out of a dead man, <laughs> right? Abe was past his prime, and it wasn't possible, but God made a promise. And Abraham believed him and moved in obedience to what God told him to do, and he was rewarded. And it says, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea, sure, innumerable. And it's talking about the whole list of them. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Do you believe what God said? Are you persuaded? Have you embraced it? Can you confess that you're a stranger in this world? That you're not supposed to fit in? Because we've got eternal life. We've got so much more than what this world has to offer. There's a story about Jesus that, that we see in the book of Matthew when Christ returns to his hometown and the people struggle to believe him because, you know, isn't that Mary and Joseph's kid? I don't think this could actually be, the, right? They, they knew who he was from his childhood, so they struggled to believe, and it says they were offended by him. And the chapter ends with a short and very powerful, powerful verse, if you can catch it. Matthew 13, 58, it says, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They missed the mighty works that, so Christ was going from city to city to city, healing and, and performing miracles and, and casting out demons, and, and he did not many mighty works there in his hometown because of their unbelief. Man, can you, can you think of somebody who needs some mighty works in their life right now? You know how that's going to get communicated to them? Because of our faith. Because of our belief. Our faith that he wants to use us to reach people with the knowledge of the gospel. He wants to use us to provide people with that living water. He wants to use the well as a place to where you can come and get washed off from the mess that you're stuck in in the, in the middle of the week, right? I worked, and it's, I'm kind of spoiled now, working with the fellas here. It's, it's pretty awesome. But I didn't always work there. I worked 17 plus years at, at Great All in a factory, and you know what that language sounds like, right? You know what the topic of conversation always is, and you're constantly leaving the room and constantly trying to be, oh, I know I'm not supposed to be in the middle of this. I'm trying to not make provision for the flesh. I'm trying to put on, the, oh, just, it's just overwhelming. Man, you've got to get washed off from that every once in a while. You've got to get into the Word. You've got to get with your brothers and sisters. You've got to come to the well and wash. That's what this place ought to be. This place ought to be where people can come and receive 
the living water. This, this place needs to be a place where we can get washed from this world. And we can build each other up. So the question is, what's in the well? This is a place, and we've determined it's going we're to, we're going to declare the praises of God, and we're going to proclaim the word of God here. That's what we're going to do. It's up to you to prove that this is also a place where men and women believe what the word of God says. It's up to us to make that ripple effect. That our faith can move from here and impact those around us. Do you believe what God says? Does that belief weigh on your decisions? Are you giving God the opportunity to prove to those around you that what he says is true, what he says is powerful, what he says is cleansing, what he says gives life? Are you giving him the opportunity to prove that? Because that's what he wants to do. He wants others to see you believe it. Genesis 49, we spent a decent amount of time talking about Joseph. Verse 22 says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. So I don't necessarily know what a bow is. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's some sort of plant, right? It has branches. It says that his roots, he was planted by the well. We saw the the tree planted by the water in Psalm 1. Do you know what a well does? Do you know how a well functions? There's something under the ground, just big caverns full of water, right? They call them water tables. And a well is just simply drilling a hole down until you reach that spot. And the water fills up in the well and you can use what's already there. He's planted by a well. His roots are down into the truth of the water of the word of God. His branches run over the wall. The barriers can't stop his growth. He was fruitful because he was located by the well. He was rooted in the water table that the well was drawing from. He was drawing his strength from the promises of God, and because of that, he was fruitful. His life reproduced and had a ripple effect over the wall. It couldn't be stopped. That's what we need to be. That's what we want to be in the well. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I'm so thankful, uh, again, as always, for, for this place, for these folks. Um, it's, not, it's not just a building. Um, our church is not just a building. I'm so thankful that you brought me here to First Baptist and, and you shared the truth with me and you gave me that life-giving water. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful for a place that holds your word uh, at such a high level and, and understanding and desire to understand. and We put the priority on you and your name and your word and uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the investment that's been made in me. I don't want to just sit back and hold on to it. We need to share it and we need opportunities and so we're begging you for the, the open doors. We're begging you for opportunities to invite people here. And we're begging you to help us to, to see the needs of others and to meet them. And 
and to help refresh and wash and, and encourage one another. We love you so much. Uh, I do pray that this last song is, is glorifying to you. It's sweet to your ears. Um, we love you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.